Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Karingai Post, the Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports. Anthony the Bull Caruso back with you and where there's one, there's two. For the 2021-22 New South Wales Premier Cricket Preview. Once again, we do want to thank our good friends from Gordon District Cricket Club for joining us last week. We had Ryan Tullyar joining as the club captain. And today we're going to go through part two. And we've got two more teams from that famous Northern Corridor. I can't do this alone. So joining us once again, our Chief Cricket Correspondent, the wise man himself, Matt Mears. Good evening to you. Good evening, Mr. Caruso. Good evening, all, mate. It's great to be back. Uh, as I said, after a great um, part one, very much looking forward to this part two. Some uh, big clubs, big teams to go through in this one. Um, as I said, plenty to plenty to talk about. As I said, it's going to be a, a big one with some of these teams we're going to talk about, so we better get straight into the show. Well, indeed. We should make mention as well that the announcement that came through from Cricket New South Wales, a very positive announcement that we could be seeing cricket in all forms returning as early as the 23rd of October. Well, that I've, I've seen obviously some, I've seen obviously some of these um, announcements as well. Pretty crazy to think that we could be playing in less than a month. But as I said, if that's what the government says, that's what the government says. Well, we can't wait, and that means that New South Wales Premier Cricket could be starting sometime in October, and we cannot wait. It will be a um, shortened season, probably dominated by one-day matches, but that doesn't mean that the quality is going to diminish any further. Well, let's introduce our two guests here tonight. First off, we're going to introduce our guests from Northern District Rangers, and we love these guys on, on the show. They always put on a great show for us, and we love heading down to Mark Taylor Oval to call their matches and once again, we have him back on the show. Daniel Anderson, good evening to you. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to getting into it. It's another great season lining up for the Rangers. It was a solid hit out last year. And we're going to have plenty to talk about. And, you know, but a quick hint that things are looking good for the Rangers again this year. Yeah, look, I think we're, we're going to be pretty similar to last year. And I think um, we're a very resilient club. And I think we're uh, hopefully going to have some more success this year if uh, we can keep those um, efforts up and, and stay nice and resilient in a pretty tough year. Well, let's go to our other guest. And where there's one, we say once again, where there's one, there's two. And we're going to go to the other end of the Northern Corridor, a club that we have developed a very good relationship with. And why not? Because they have been the growth club in the last five years, from UTS North Sydney, making his debut with us, James Campbell. Good evening to you. Uh, pleasure to be on, and yeah, happy to talk some cricket. And uh... Uh, absolutely, and uh, as, as we always say to our new guests, whenever you come on the show, the one thing we ask you to bring with us is don't is don't be afraid to throw someone under the bus. And I imagine you've got plenty of targets in line, James. Mind, but let's see uh, how they come up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, without further ado, 
The umpires strike back and huge ass are back at it, the, their respective ends. It is just ticked over time. So let's get straight into it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. <laughs> I'm going to kick things off here tonight with the Northern District Rangers and Matt Mears, a fairly quiet off-season for them in terms of transfers. Yeah, it has been, but not that that's a bad thing because a lot of the time you can uh, just like to build on some um, good performances last year. And uh, I said that for the Rangers, they did have that. Um, first grade, they, they finished fifth. Um, they made those all-important top six. Uh and they're up in that sort of range as well in the limited overs and the Kingsgrove T20. Um, so, as I said, a lot of good things happening at the Rangers last year. You keep that core group, you keep that whole group together even. And um, it just looks like that it will can just galvanise the guys together um, and keep that momentum coming into the new season. And Daniel, being part of this squad, it was an excellent performance all round, and the I thought in particular the injection of Axel Kalen and Scott Rodgy really just gave you those missing pieces to turn this core group into what is a very solid squad. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think those two are obviously outstanding leaders and outstanding players, um, and I think they were really well supported by all of our other guys. Like Dave Lowry had an amazing season last year. Um, Corey Miller was outstanding uh, for such a young guy, and, and someone like George Farah um, and Ross Paulson leading the way with the ball. Um, yeah, I think, I think we had a really good team last year. I think this year we're, we're backing that to uh, to get us through again. Um, I think consistency is so important uh, in an up and down season like this one. And um, I think that's what we're, we're banking on this year. It should be mentioned as well that one of the biggest strengths that Northern District has is the strength of the club all the way through. Your club, reigning club champions. A lot of the guys in this team as well, correct if I'm wrong, Mizzy, this is the, very much the core team that won that epic second grade premiership a couple of years ago at Mark Taylor Oval against Manly. Probably one of the best premier cricket matches we we have called. Well, it was a pleasure to be able to call that second grade grand final up at Mark Taylor Oval, but that's what good clubs do. They're able to be able to um, nurture the, the players along and, and bring them through the system, and that's what you want to see. So uh, as I said, for the Rangers, it's great. They'll be trying to do that with the next uh, generation as well. Um, and we can see that there's a lot with uh, being the club champions. There's obviously a lot of depth in the club. Um, they had two big wins in uh, fifth grade and third grade last year. So there is a lot of talent and they'll be looking to bring those through as well as um, continue to um, have success with the guys that are currently in first grade. And Daniel, in particular, that third grade team were the winners of the titles, the Invincibles last year, led by your good mate Clayton Waters, and what a performance this is. And you, you could see these guys coming through into first grade in a few years themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head there with um, Clayton being such a, a pivotal part of that team. Um, he's an outstanding leader and someone that everyone wants to play for. Um, so we'll miss him this year in his first year of retirement. Um, but, yeah, I think those young guys coming through, we've seen them um, from the age of 8, 9, 10 in our local area. Um, they're pretty much all local juniors and um, I can see them playing a lot of second grade this year and, and some of them potentially even first grade in the next couple of years as well. So um, it's really exciting to see that young team coming through. Um, and we even have some sort of older guys in that team as well who have um, had a lot of stability. So I think we're going to uh, hopefully reap the rewards of um, some really good young local juniors coming through and some good leadership. 
I've got these guys in the top six. Matt Mears, your prediction? Yeah, agreed. I think they can build on last year and, and particularly with some of those youngsters coming through that can step up if there's a couple of injuries around the club. But um, yeah, I, I think they'll um, stay in the top six again. James, your prediction and some thoughts on this squad, which is looking quite impressive this year. I'll have NDs in the top six again this year. Um, really tough team to come up against, um, particularly if you're going to be playing a lot more limited overs cricket this year. Uh, like a guy like Scott Rogie, who can offer you with bat and ball, um, pretty destructive. I've seen it firsthand a lot of the time. And uh, yeah, I think they're a great side. Uh, they could be pushing for the premiership if they put everything together. And Daniel, no surprise, you'll be backing the boys in. You've got them top of the table, I imagine. Absolutely. Always got to back the boys in. Um, I think James hit the nail on the head there that limited overs cricket is um, probably one of our strengths as a club. Um, so you got, to, you got to back the boys in. So we'll, we'll hopefully be up there. Well, let's go to the next team. It's the Penrith Panthers. And there's a, the exodus from the foot of the mountains continues for the club, Mirzi, following their premiership. Yeah, it, it certainly does. Uh, the big one we spoke about last week with with Ryan Hackney going to uh, to Penrith. You've also got um, Michael Woolahan, who uh, their coach, gone to take uh, a position, a coaching position at Hawkesbury. You got Ryan Smith that re- that has retired. I said this team that is a lot different from the one we've seen only a couple of years ago, and I said we've we've seen the fruit of that last year with a with a sixteenth place finish. I said, without any big ins, unless they've got some uh, monster junior talent coming through, you don't really going to expect to see them uh, have a big roar up that uh, ladder this year to, towards the finals. I said, it, it does look like it might be another tough year for the, the men at the foot of the mountain. And James, you guys picked up Brent Atherton uh, last year coming over from Penrith and you know, you must have thought when he came over that there must be something wrong now going happening out at Hal Oval, given how many players have left from that Premiership winning squad about three, four years ago. Inklings of it, but I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily say that in terms of I think Penrith will they've got a massive catchment and and junior uh, junior development, so I'm sure they won't, they'll they'll bounce back. It's just that transition where teams go up and go down, um, except for some of the strong ones like Sydney Uni, who seem to stay on top for for a long period of time, but uh, the loss of Bomber uh, would be massive for them just as a, a leader anyway. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they bounce back over the, the next couple of years. Daniel, I've got these guys set for 16th to 20th, and with those losses, it's just going to get that much harder, especially when you consider that their batting gone has gone from being one of the strongest in the competition to one of the weakest in the competition. Yeah, I, I kind of have him around about the middle. Um, I, I do think Cam Weir is a really, really good player and um, someone who's really primed to step up and, and lead that team. Um, I think, as James said, um, losing losing Ryan um, last year is a massive loss for them. Um, I think he's been one of the most underrated bowlers in the competition for a long time. So I think that's probably where they'll they'll miss uh, miss him the most. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably have him around that middle middle area of the table. Matt, is your prediction? Um. I think they'll still finish around 16th, whether they're 16th to 20th or 11th to 15th, they'll be on the cusp of that. But as, as, as was said before, it is one of those swings and roundabouts. It is probably a, a rebuilding time for, for the Panthers and um, they'll get back to being near the top of the ladder, but I just don't think this is the year for them to do that. Well, let's go from one team that, um, that's that been on a, uh, a bit of a downward trend to 
one that had been very competitive except for a fairly random season for them. It's Randwick Petersham, the Randy Pete's Meersy. Um, and given how strong they've been last uh, the last few years, last season was a little bit of a surprise, but it has to be said they were a touch unlucky. Well, they were, but we all know in cricket that um, you need luck to be on your side. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But uh, for the Randy Peets, they, they did finish in 10th, but they're only a win outside the top six. That's, that's um, something that needs to be mentioned and remembered. And they probably would have thought they would have had a, a few more of their big guns um, for a longer period of time. Obviously, Daniel Sands was on higher honours uh, for pretty much all of last year with all the bubbles and everything like that. They probably would have, were expecting to have him around, at least for some of the campaign. They had that with a couple of their, their players as well. So, as I said, they did good things. They they won the, the limited overs competition from fifth place. Uh, they didn't have such a good Kingsgrove T20, which is unusual for the for the Randy Peets, but they did do some good things. Uh, all I can suggest is that um, they just need to get some of their their bigger names on the park for more of this more of this season than last, and uh, they'll be in contention for the top six again. And Daniel, what a run they had in the Limited Overs Cup last year! They knocked over Bankstown, Manly, and Sydney to win the Premiership, and these guys are known for being probably the strongest in the lim- that limited overs competition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think they're going to go really well this year um, if the competition is predominantly one-day cricket. Um, I think they're just such a really good limited overs side. Um, they've got a great mix of experienced, um, hardened, older guys who just um, turn up every week and exciting younger players um, that have some really, really, really good skills. So I think they're going to be a really tough team to beat this year. Um, it's a format that suits them, and I think they're going to be right up the top. And James, we've seen not only from their batting, which runs deep, but their bowling runs quite deep as well, especially with the announcement last year that Scott Coit was making a comeback, playing alongside the likes of Jason Sanger, um, the Affleck the Affleck brothers, and Daya Singh. This is a team that can pretty much do everything on the field. It's going to benefit from... Uh the fixtures being more limited over stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, that, that experience in the bowling lineup, like Day Singh's been around for a long time. Uh, Scott Coit coming back. Um, can definitely remember him when I first came into first grade. He was sending down some rockets at that stage. But he's experienced campaigner, knows how to win games of cricket. And you can see why their success has been been around last year in the limited over stuff. And um, a few ex-bears sprinkled in there too, never hurt. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think they'll go very well this year. I've got them finishing 7th to 10th. I Once again, they'll be very competitive in the limit overs in the T20. Mizzy, I would not be surprised if they do crack the top six. I'm the same as you. I, I would put them in 7th to 10th, but making the finals isn't out of their reach. Um, it'll just, I think, come down again to player availability. If they can get their full-strength team out as much as possible, then the six isn't out of uh, question at all, but... Just, uh, just that lack of depth that some of the other clubs have. A lot of the, a lot of the clubs that we've talked about can have that sort of next man up mentality and 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 come in and do a job. I just don't think the Randy Peets have quite that depth. I think they'd be a bit envious of some of the other clubs. So let's just hope, fingers crossed, for their sake, they can get their uh, top eleven on the field. But as I said, it, it's still going to be, a, it's going to, they're going to be some cracking games because um, they're going to have to play hard to get in that top six. 
And Daniel, that's an interesting point there as, as we get your prediction is the depth because although they've been very strong in first grade for a number of years, they came 19th in the club championship and that is a worrying sign if they don't have that that um, that pull factor to bring players into the club. Yeah, look, I still think they're probably going to finish top six in my opinion, but I do think depth could be a, an issue this year. Um, we don't know how COVID's going to affect things, if, if people are going to have to miss games. Um, it could be a short start to the season. We may only have a couple of weeks to get ready, which means injuries may be more prevalent. Um, so we may actually need to call on more depth than we have in the past um, across all clubs. So um, that could definitely be an issue. Um, we'll just have to see how that plays out. Um, but I think it, it could definitely come into it. And James, your prediction for the Randy Peets? In the top six, if it's limited overs um, cricket, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's going to suit them well. But, yeah, definitely in terms of their depth and um, not necessarily experiencing myself, but hearing some of the lower graders talk about um, versing Randy Peets are usually pretty excited while they're uh, usually a pretty tough ass to, to verse in first grade. So, um, but, yeah, I think they'll do they'll do well this year. Let's go to... Let's go to the next teams, the St. George Dragons. Matt Mears, another team that's been fairly quiet in the transfer market. But, you know, as you said before with Northern Districts, when you've got a solid team that does well, they're going to be there or thereabouts because they're all going to be much better for the run. Well, exactly right. And we know what we're going to get with the Dragons. Um, Yes, they do lose quite a few to higher honours, your your Curtis Pattersons, your Moses, Henrique Sintel. But... um, They've more than proved that they can do the job with those guys on higher honours. It'll be interesting to see how much they get out of uh, the likes of Trent Copeland, um, one of the few cricketers that are are missing games for media duties uh, rather than um, actual playing higher honours. But as I said, um, they they can do the job with the team led by by Nick Stapleton and and the boys. They they can do the job without them. They've proved that year in and year out. they just um, scraped into the six last year. I think that, again, that's probably there or thereabouts. That's where they'd be looking at again for this season. And James, a very effective bowling attack, 137 wickets, second best in terms of wickets taken. Um, and this is a lot of bowling attack that, while no standouts with the exception of probably Trank Copeland, is just a very solid unit. Consistency is the key. They're always, um, always at you. Like, there's no... They didn't seem to have that one bowler that you kind of want to go after. They're all very similar, that that kind of medium pace, medium fast pace, uh, just top of off, just always at, at you. Not that I face too many of them down the bottom of the order. But, um, yeah, no, they, they seem to have a very good bowling lineup and they just seem to always be at you and never uh, never let you get too far away from them. So I think they'll, they'll do well this year. I think, yeah, have them kind of similar spot in terms of that kind of 7-10, to 10, but could easily make finals if they have a run like they did last year. And Daniel, that they did have a very good run. It was late in the season, um, but the one thing that, that could cause some issues with them is the number of limited overs. Um, they barely scored over 3,000 runs for the season last year. And when you consider as well that they had to do that without Curtis Patterson, uh, it just makes the job that much harder. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's... Uh... It's a different way to approach the game, um, moving from more two-day cricket to one-day games. Um, I think they're an exceptional two-day side, and I think they showed that um, last year in, in that run that you spoke about. And they have a lot of depth as well um, coming through their lower grades. And I know their second-grade side had a really good season. Um, so, yeah, it will be interesting to see how they adjust to the, the one-day format. Um, but when you're at Hurstville, um, <laughs> smaller boundaries there, you can always make up a few runs. So 
um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go. Yeah, I've got I've got them finishing seventh to tenth. That that Mizzy, that famous grouping that you'd swear, you know. It's only a matter of points, and sometimes it can be the bonus points from the one-day matches that get you into the finals in that pack. Well, certainly it can, but um, obviously if we if we are going to get more one-dayers this year, then that could uh, be a positive for them as well. Um, but it's, I think St. George is one of those ones that whenever you see them coming up on the draw, they're one you're going to have circled knowing that no matter who they're putting out on the field, it's going to be a tough game. So as I said, if they're not there, they're going to be very, very close. We then go to our last team before the breaks, and it is the Sutherland Sharks. A bit of movement once again down at Glen McGrath Oval, Mizzy, and a couple of interesting changes occurring. Yeah, a couple of, a couple of interesting ones. Obviously, uh, Andrew Deist has come in from um, Fairfield, Liverpool, um, so he'll he'll bolster them up. But uh, Daniel Rickson stepped down as head coach, uh, which is a little bit of a surprise, um, but he's been replaced by Steve Green coming across from St. George. This is a team, Daniel, that a couple of years ago was flying high off the back of a, a of the availability of not only Ben Dwarshus but also some guy named Steve Smith, um, and they took out the T Twenty competition. They've still got that strength in the uh, in the very short format, but it just seems like they've just lost a little bit of that edge in the longer formats. Yeah, obviously, as you said, Steve's a pretty handy inclusion into any team, so um, he always help help quite a bit. Um, they're an interesting team, Southern, because I haven't really played against them for a few years now, so I haven't really got a great read on um, their style of play. But from looking at the the numbers, they did really well in that T Twenty comp over the last couple of years, and I think that's obviously a good indicator for limited overs cricket. Um, and and in shorter format games, you generally um, don't need as much depth in, in your batting order because um, you can kind of rely on on a few guys. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did really well this year um, based on that. But uh, at the same time, as I said, I haven't actually played them for a few years, so I don't have a great read on um, the makeup of their side. And James, an interesting transfer for them, Andrew Dietz coming in from Fairfield Liverpool. They finally have a specialist keeper, which is going to allow Jared Biviano to refocus himself as a batter again. We have to remember the last time they did this was the season that they absolutely came alight, um, notwithstanding the fact that Steve Smith was available. But the last time they had that, Jared Biviano was a specialist batsman. They had Aidan Barriol as the keeper. Um, do you think Lightning can strike twice in that regards? Great pickup. I've got a bit of a soft, soft spot for Dietze. He uh, took the catch for my hat-trick uh, a few years back. So I think he's a great pickup for them. But, yeah, I think Viviano is definitely someone that can take a take apart an attack. Uh, luckily got him out early last year. So uh, I think we caught them at the right time right at the end of the season where um, I think we're all ready for a break at that stage. So I won't, won't read into that result too much. But... Um, yeah, Tommy Doyle's great, great stick. He's coming into himself a bit as a first-grade batsman after a few years in, in the game. So, yeah, I think I, I probably have them a little bit lower down the order uh, in terms of where they'll finish. But, um, yeah, I mean, if they get Benny Dwarshus playing for them again, um, you never really know. I've got the Mizzy in that 11th to 15th range again, but I've gone further and said, I think this is one of the teams that will have a bit of an improvement, possibly pushing into that top 10 range. Um, I don't know if they'll be top 10, but I, I think they will they'll they can improve on that 13th spot from last year. 
I this is a disappointing team for me. I would have thought after having that whole year with Steve Smith, we would have seen more out of them. I, I thought a lot of their players could have got a lot from from being around Steve Smith and and being able to learn from him and and take that into the future. But we didn't. We haven't really seen that from the Sharks. Um, they, they've sort of gone back down to where they were before um, Steve played that full season with them. But as I said, it comes down to, again, like a couple of the other clubs, whether they get um, their, their number one eleven out on the field as much as they can. Ben Dorsius obviously will be a big one in that. And how much will he play for New South Wales? Obviously, he'll be away with the, the Sydney Sixers as well. So, again, it, it does come down to that. But I, I still think 11 to 15th is where we'll see the Sharks. Daniel, your prediction? Yeah, I'm probably pretty similar to you guys. I think probably the the mid to lower end of the table. I think they'll, they'll improve on last year, but um, I don't think they'll be getting into that top 10 this season at this rate. And James, your tip? Probably got them in that kind of 10 to 15 range, um, yeah, for this year. With that, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will be finishing off our preview of the 2021-22 New South Wales Premier Cricket season. This is Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Karingai Post, the Hornsby RSL, and ISE Sports. We'll be right back. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Karingai Post, the Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports. Anthony Caruso with Matt Mears, Daniel Anderson and James Campbell here and we're about to start the final session of previewing the 2021-22 season for New South Wales Premier Cricket. And we're going to continue on, Mizzy, with the Sydney Tigers. And, oh, boy, the reigning premiers have been raided and pillaged. I wouldn't say raided and pillaged. Like, yes, they have two of their, their, their more influential players in, in Anthony Mosca and Ben Menenti off to Tasmania. Good luck to them, obviously, 
looking to play some higher honours. But they're always a team, the Sydney Tigers, that they might not have the, 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 the biggest and the brightest, but boy, they can put together a very solid first grade side. And we've always seen that as long as they can keep that team together, which they do more often than not, they can put together some brilliant performances. Absolutely. James, the lineup here has had a further rumor going around about what Nick Bills will be doing. The money is, is that he will be playing again, but there's discussions about how much longer he will be around for, especially given how effective he has been with the ball for this Tigers lineup. Kept up his form really well over the last couple of years, but uh, I'm sure his his missus now has got a little one is uh, probably in his ear saying he's other days somewhere else, uh, hopefully to give our batsmen a bit of a, a respite for uh, for a little bit. But um, yeah, Buff's, Buff's been killing it for the last couple of years. He's, he's held it together really well. Um, yeah, hoping the bowling with him. But uh, yeah, no, I think their side again, even though with two big outs, uh, they're always so well drilled in limited overs cricket. And it's why, why they've been so good in T20 and, and one days over the last couple of years. And Daniel, we've seen that their biggest strength has actually been in their batting. Even though they don't have Anthony Mosca with them, they've, they've still got the likes of the damaging Ryan Felsch, Stephen Eskenazi, Matt Rogers, Dan Smith in playing in the in the shorter forms. This is a, And Harry Menenti. This is a team that when they get going, they can score runs and they can score runs quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we were on the end of uh, one of Felsch's innings last year in the in the finals in, in the one-day comp and... When he gets going, he is near impossible to stop. Um, and I think those other names you mentioned there are brilliant too. Um, Barry McClintock's one of the better players in the comp as well. Um, and, and they always just find a way to stand up and play beating, big innings when they need to. Um, I think they're a team that just knows how to win. Um, they're kind of like the Melbourne Storm in, in the rugby league. They just know how to win. Um, they, they always find a way. And uh, I, I don't think you can ever write them off, um, even though they have lost a couple of those really big-name players. And... Um, and NT especially is going to be a massive loss for them. Um, but I, I just think they're such a good side um, and, and they'll find ways to cover that. I've got them finishing in the top six, but I think they'll be battling to hold on within the top six. Having said that, Mirzi, they, they are a team that come March time, when the, the format gets longer and the batting becomes more critical, that if they do make finals, they're going to be the ones no one wants to come up against. Oh, for sure. I definitely think top six is in their wheelhouse. Um, yeah, they've got two big losses, but they're another one of these clubs that, that have that next next man off mentality. They'll 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 have plans. They'll be they'll they've known for a couple of months that those two have been leaving, and they'll have their plans and how they can fill out the rest of this eleven um, without them. So, yeah, whether they finish whether they finish on top. Maybe not, but they'll definitely be in that mix. And, um, yeah, if you get drawn them in the finals, watch out. James, your prediction for this team, will they hold on? And if they do hold on, how much damage could they do in the finals? On for another year. Um, yeah, there's too much too much class on, on that paper uh, for them probably not to. Uh, I think they'll be a tough side to come across. Like Dan said, they just know how to win games. So once it does get into finals, finals time, they're definitely going to be a tough opposition. And Daniel, your prediction for this team? Yeah, I think they're going to be top six. Um, I think Matty Rogers is a, is a really good leader um, and I think he'll have them firing. Um, I, I don't see them dropping out of that six um, this year, so I think they'll be pretty dangerous come the end of the season. Let's go to the next team, and it is the perennial top-running team, Sydney University, the students, and Matt Mears, uh, a new coach and 
well, once again, a new marquee signing. Well, it wouldn't be a new season if there wasn't a new marquee signing for the students, would there? But um, Jordan Gauchi, as we mentioned, has come across from the Blacktown Mounties. He'll uh, put some more emphasis into this side. Not that they probably needed it too much, but... Uh, Murray Creed has also come on board as their new head coach, so it'd be interesting to see what direction he takes them in. But again, another one of these teams that, yeah, they may lose the odd Nick Larkin, etc. But boy, they've they've got the solid foundations there of a of a top um, first grade side. This is getting ridiculous now, Daniel, isn't it? Because you know they've now gone and got themselves another big player from out around Greater Western Sydney. Jordan Gouchy is a huge pickup considering how long he'd been holding Blacktown Manny's together. That bat already strong batting lineup is now just starting to look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, look, it's a pretty good pickup for him. Um, Jordan's a, a really, really good player. Um, and I think from, uh, I'm not sure if Nick Larkin um, got a contract this year, so he may be around um, more than he has been in the past. Um, so their batting order is going to be very, very strong, and I think it's going to be very tough to beat them, um, especially down at Sydney, anywhere. it's usually a pretty good batting track. Um, they just keep getting better every year. I don't know how they manage to do it and how they keep bringing all these players in, but um, I think they're going to be so strong again. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be getting any worse. I think they're going to be improving a lot. And, James, you know, we, we talk about their batting, but we, it has to be mentioned that their bowling is very solid. Nothing... Nothing outstanding, but as you said with St. George, just a team that knows how to hit top of off, um, just very consistent bowlers. Ben Joy, 50-plus wickets last year, and they're going to be there or thereabouts again this year. Without talking about Sydney Uni, uh, having having a good chance of being up there and being there or thereabouts, um, yeah, their bowling's always tough to come up against. You've got Ben Joy and Holloway taking, taking the new rock, and um, yeah, they're always at you as well. Um, and then, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be a season without talking about their uh, new signing. So, I'm sure uh, I'm sure uh, Gauchi's going to enjoy doing his commerce degree um, and getting a bit of time off to play some cricket in between. <laughs> oh, that's a uh, that's a little bit cheeky, James. <laughs> uh, well, mate, I think a commerce degree at UTS would have been just as good as one from Sydney Uni. Oh boy. Offering a few, offering a few degrees here. Um, can can recommend UTS as a as a university. Um, having a, a degree or two there from myself, um, but yeah, um, I think they'll be really strong this year. If UTS is listening in, we'll be sending the uh, the money through the uh, the mail anytime soon. Would be much appreciated there. So, um, we predictions for this team, Matt. I mean, what what else are we going to say? There's no question Sydney University is going to be in the top six. The question is going to be, are they now going to be reestablishing themselves as premiership contenders? Oh, look, they've got to be in the conversation, don't they? They um, they're going to be hard to beat in against everybody. They only they they keep bolstering themselves in a in a market where no one else can do that. So they're going to be they're going to be that top six. They're going to be fighting to to be premiers. And um, yeah, not much else to say, isn't it? Isn't it just another season, another uh, another time for the students to be at the top. Absolutely. Daniel, your prediction? Yeah, comfortable top six again. I think they'll be pushing for the uh, for the title. And James, your, your prediction, and what do you think as well in terms of their ability to possibly win the limited overs or Kingsgrove this year, especially considering that they were surprisingly poor in Kingsgrove last year? Larkin leading them uh, from the front, I think they'll, they'll definitely be pushing for it. Um, they're always a tough... I mean, seem to be repeating ourselves quite a lot in terms of just a really well-drilled outfit that know how to win games of cricket, so... 
first step for them would be getting to the finals. And from there, um, I think, yeah, there'll be a great chance. We now move on to the other university-based team, the UNSW Bumblebees. And Mirzi, first grade, limited overs, not really much to talk about. But the story about them last year was their run in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. Yeah, it was it was one of those underdog stories, wasn't it? That um, we we were lucky enough to call that sort of that run into the finals and and to that finals day at uh, at Bankstown Oval, and um, it was just one of those underdog stories. They just lightning struck two or three times for them, but uh, unfortunately couldn't get the job done at the end of the day. But it must be a positive for the the bumblebees to to be out and proud in one of those um, major competitions. Uh, it, it certainly helps when you're trying to recruit players and trying to pull yourself up that uh, Belvedere Cup ladder, where you can go. Well, this is what we can do. We have the talent here, and uh, they they showed it all last year. Now it's going to be: can they build on that? Well, there's been some movement, and uh, some of it has been in, uh, fairly impactful in terms of what's going to happen. And there are rumours about whether the two big players are still going to be around. Well, yeah, there's. Um, I said we we do know that um, Corey Richards has um, moved back to Bankstown. Um, so Ben Priest has jumped into that um, head coach uh, position from um, Gordon. But AJ Isherwood, one of their one of their their big stars, uh, the big rumour. Not just leaving the um, not just leaving the club, but leaving grade cricket to, to take on a role with Pennant Hills in the Shires competition. That was probably one out of left field that we weren't expecting to see. Absolutely, and uh, Daniel Anderson he, he's taken up the role that was previously uh, assigned to one of your old teammates in Cozzy Beetle, and a, a role that's very familiar for the club at Pennant Hills, and one that AJ Isherwood could really. Um, slotting quite nicely. Yeah, well, I definitely didn't see see that um, that coming um, for him to, to move to Pennant Hills, but um, really good luck to him um, in, in that journey. And I think obviously he's a really good first grade cricketer, um, so I think he'll make a big impact um, at the club. Uh, not only obviously as a as a player, but as a coach, I think he'll um, he'll add some good experience to that group and um, hopefully inspire some uh, some players to keep getting better and um, keep progressing up through the grades. And James, the the other talking point from this team is whether they get their two marquee players in Chris Tremaine and Dan Christian will be around this year. Dan Christian, in particular, during the warm up for the T Twenty competition, looked in very damaging form, and it showed during the Sixers run in the in the BBL. Uh, just talk us through how good is it having some of these players making themselves available in the Kingsgrove T Twenty Cup, and do you think Chris Tremaine and Dan Christian will be available this year? Versing them, I think it's it's one of the reasons why we play, try and play first grade is to verse the best and test ourselves out against the best and see how how we compare. Um, but yeah, I think with T Twenty bubbles and things like that, I don't think we'll see much of Christian in uh, in grade cricket, unfortunately. And then Tremors uh, it depends on how much of a go he gets um, in field, really. Um, and how they go with bubbles and, and such like that. Because if he's spending his time uh, in and around the squad, then he's probably not going to be versing us very much. But if he's uh, he's got to get some overs under his belt, so they might send him back to, to play at New, uh, Union New South, uh, hopefully when we're not versing him. 
One player I did forget to mention, Mizzy, I can't, I can't seem to understand why I would have missed him, is their keeper, Matt Jilks, one of the best young keepers in the competition. Oh, definitely. He, he'll be pressing for that spot that's been left by uh, Phil Neville in the New South Wales side. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, as well how much he'll be playing for the Bumblebees. Uh, obviously, the Bumblebees will want him as much as possible. New South Wales might have other, uh, have other ideas on that. But they said they've got some... You talked about Tremaine, you talk about Christian, you talk about Jilks. They they do have some of those class players there. But again, as we've said with some of the other side, it's how much on-field time that the Bumblebees can actually get uh, with those players. So we know Jilks will be in the Thunder squad um, with, uh, with some of the other players. I think Tremaine's also signed to the Thunder as well. So you got Christian with the Sixers. So they could feel a little bit of hurt around that BBL time, but... It's going to be what they do when they have all their uh, charges on the field at once and whether they can pick up some wins there. If it wasn't for COVID and losing AJ Isherwood, I would have had UNSW as one of my other improvers in this competition. They're not going to have, we're not going to see much of Christian Tremaine and Jilks, I think, in in the year this year due to the bubble. They've lost AJ Isherwood. I see the UNSW Bumblebee slipping back. I originally said 11th to 15th. I think it could be even worse than that now, Mizzy. Yeah, I've got them in the bottom five. I don't think, I think we already know who the wooden spooners are going to be. We, we, uh, we put, we, we, we covered them in the in part one, but um, yeah, it's not going to be the best season. They'll get a couple of decent wins, but um, around 15th is probably where they'll end up. Daniel Anderson, it could be a long season. We've already mentioned the two teams last year that um, everyone is predicting is going to end up in the bottom two in Campbelltown, Camden, and Blacktown Mounties. Would it be a confirmed three with UNSW, or do you think they'll just hold up? Um, look, it's a bit of a tricky one. Um, I think... For them at the moment, it's a bit of a rebuilding phase. Um, so they brought in some really good players like Safan Hassan who are going to help them in that rebuild. Um, with it being one-day cricket this year, who knows, they may actually get some of those guys like Tremaine and Christian and, and Jilks um, because it's a bit of an easier commitment um, for them to slot in for games. But I've still got them in that bottom five. Um, whether they're in the, in the bottom three, I'm not sure. Um, but for them, I think it's just about trying to improve on last season. Um, so I still think they'll be bottom five, but I don't think it'll be... Um, necessarily as bad as we were as we were saying in bottom three. And James, your prediction for the Bumblebees? Probably bottom five, depending on on how they go getting getting Jilt, Tremaine, and, and Christian. Um, but yeah, a few few good young players in terms of like Attenborough and and White and such. So they've they've got a they've got a bit there. But um, yeah, I think it'll be uh, another couple of years before they'll they'll climb up. We then move over to the UTS North Sydney Bears. Probably in the last five years, the most improved club in the competition. And James, no changes at this stage, which can only spell good consistency given that you were very unlucky to miss the finals last year and you'll all be better for the run this year. Together with a, a, a good good bunch of lads, um, I think I'm really excited to have no changes. I think we had a, a great side that just just missed out a couple of, couple of rained out games where we got a bit unlucky and... A uh, couple of games that could have gone either way, uh, and we could have easily been in the top six. Um, got a couple of guys leading from the front. Uh, we've got hopefully JA plays a bit more this year, um, but yeah, Justin and TJ as probably two two of the best sticks in in New South Wales. Easy. Um, I mean, obviously with TJ uh, winning um, winning last year in terms of uh, how well he did, he'll be leading from the front this year. Uh, and then uh, I think 
we'll uh, have Matty Alexander back at his best to, to partner me, um, which will be uh, – and then we've got a couple of other guys just doing their bits. Um, Aiden Barriol is going to have – go on to bigger and better things this year. Um, and then, yeah, I think he'll he'll start pushing pushing for higher honours if he keeps going the way he is. And we've got a couple of good spinners like Mac Jenkins. And, uh, and of course, it wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be a first-grade season without having Rob Aiken involved in – uh, again, so he's uh, you know, continued to, to break the record every time he plays a game for most games in first grade. So uh, I, I'm excited for this year. I think we'll do really well. There's one of the names, actually, that should be brought up as an emerging player, Mizzy, is Aiden Barriol. It was a breakout year for him last year. I think two centuries he scored, and he's really putting the pressure on Matt Jilks and Baxter Holt for the gloves for New South Wales now. Well, said, I know you've had a bit to do with him, obviously, coming from the, the Manly system, uh, very highly rated in the... Uh, in the underage competitions, that's sort of what saw him uh, head across to Sutherland from Manly when not getting a, a gig in first grade. Well, when you had the, the likes of Jay Lenton and Crossweights and stuff in front of him, it, w- it was going to be a, a hard task to get into first grade at that point. But since he's come along to to UTS North Sydney, uh, obviously we, we've seen some of those Manly players come across, um, the likes of the Alexanders, even your good mate Brad Wilson as well. Um, I think that's helped him a lot, having some of the some of his old mates in that system with him, and it's just meant that he's been able to step up that other gear, and as well as being good behind the gloves, he's also settled in very well into that top six, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, obviously, I think it's, it's probably going to have to take a few injuries for him to get in there at this stage, but... It, they should be um, those those likes of, of Holt and Jilk should be looking over their shoulder at him. Daniel, this is a team that has benefited from the likes of having big players come in, not only create a pull factor but also redefine a club culture. And we should never underestimate the impact that Adam and James Crossweight had when they came over to the Bears and how much the club transformed uh, after their uh, their. One and their couple of seasons with the club. Yeah, look, I think you nailed it before, Anthony, when you said they've been the most improved club of the last five years, and I totally agree with that. Um, and I think that would correlate pretty well with the crossweights coming across. Um, I think anyone from Sydney grade cricket who has played against um, those guys would agree that they're two of the toughest competitors um, that you could come up against. They understand understand the game almost better than anyone, uh, and I think that culture that they've left behind them has really made a, a big impact on the club. Um, and I think you look at guys like Tom and Justin, um, as James said before, who are just such good players with the bat. Um, their careers have really accelerated since those um, crossweights came across as well. So I think they're definitely um, reaping the benefits of those signings now, even though they were only short term um, at the club. I think they're, they're going to keep getting better and better. And I think this year they're going to continue on that uh, improvement trajectory. Um, and, and I think they're going to be um, pretty tough to beat um, through most of the year. Mizzy, I've got them currently 7th to 10th. Again, one of those clubs that I would not be surprised would can make the finals. And, and, you know, as was mentioned last year, they were very unlucky given the, the draws due to rain last year where I think if one or two of them went their way, they would have been in the finals. I can see them being very competitive again this year. Oh, for sure. We'll definitely be competitive. Um I would put them in 7th to 10th as well, but no surprise if they did make that top six. Daniel, your prediction for the Bears? Yeah, same for me. I think that 7th to 10th area, um, I think, it, it, as I said before, a club that's consistently improving. Um, I think they'll fall there this year and then they'll continue to improve um, in future years. And I wouldn't doubt for a second, James, you're backing the boys in to finish in the top three. Uh, backing us in to take, take home the biscuits. 
Um, I think this is our year. It's about time. I think we're due. Nice. I don't. Given that lineup, I don't think that's a bad shout either. Like they, they could be Mizzy, If they if they do make finals, that this could be one of the dark horses to win it. Win it. Well, again, we know once you make finals, it's a different competition altogether. Um, particularly, particularly with some of the other teams, will have some guys that all that all have come back from from higher honors, and teams will have to change the way they play. This will be a team that will be sticking together. Maybe other than Justin, if he's on. Um, Sydney Sixers duty, they'll be keeping a, a lot of this same team together. And uh, again, this would be another team I wouldn't want to be playing comes finals time. And before we leave the Bears, we just have to make mention, James, of your bowling partner right in uh, Matt Alexander. Uh, we know he's an absolute character, much, probably not as much of a character as his younger brother, Sam. Um, he, a very unusual bowling action, but when we, we know that when he is at his best, it is not pleasant to face him when he's coming off with a full head of steam? Um, I think he, he complements my uh, consistent bowling style very well. Um, having him and, you know, it's he's one of those guys, similar to, say, like Mitchell Stark. He just needs that one little spark and a spell and he can run through your whole team. Um, if he gets if he gets that little bit of a tail going or, um, you know, if, if he just, yeah, like you said, gets, a, gets up a, a head of steam, he can, he can run through an attack, no problem. Like taking 50 wickets in a in a season two two years ago, he's um, he's of course there and thereabouts as as one of the most instructive bowlers in in first grade. So very exciting to see how he goes this year. And it has to be said, uh, much like his brother, they're both very natty dresses in particular, very very prim, very proper. We've seen them around the circuit a, a bit. Not surprising to see them with a well dressed with a well dressed suit. Can you just tell us? Do they try to outdo each other on and off the field at times, or do you think it's definitely the big brother dominating the little brother? Uh, I don't know about outdoing each other. I think Samos is uh, is always trying to trying to go uh, one up on everyone, not only his his brother, uh, but yeah, no, you won't you won't see them without a button up, a, a nice ironed pair of chinos and some R.M. Williams uh, for the circuit for sure. Usually, uh, maybe in a Cooper as well. <laughs> Matt, nothing's changed with those two, have they? No, I, I've seen some. I've certainly seen some interesting uh, Sam Alexander outfield outfits. It's good to see that it continues. Yeah, absolutely. It's what we it's what we pay the good money to see. Let's go to the last team. It is the Western Suburbs Magpies, and it looks like it's all but confirmed. Mizzy, a one loss, only one loss for the Western Suburbs Magpies. But geez, if you're going to talk about losses, this one's huge. Oh, for for the Western Suburbs Magpies, it's a it's an absolutely big out. We talked about it a little bit in part one, but uh, John O'Cook leaving to go to Easts, he's going to leave a big hole in this team, not just on the field but off the field as well. Uh, I know he, he used to have his time out to play with the Thunder in the BBL, but there's a lot of this club that that had his stamp on it and. It's going to be up to the rest of the players that are there now that someone needs to step up and fill his shoes. Daniel, it's he has such an influence on the team, not only with his ability with the ball, but a very handy lower order bat. And while they did have a reasonably good season with the bat last year, especially with the likes of Josh Clark and Nicholas Cutler, um, their bowling is now looking very weak, especially now that they don't have Cook and they don't have Muhammad Irfan Jr., yeah, well, if Mohamed Irfan comes back at, at any time, they're obviously that'll change things pretty rapidly. Um, but if yeah, if Cookie's leaving, that's a massive loss. Um, I think 
Obviously, his bowling's um, up there with the best of anyone in the competition, but I think his temperament's the thing that stands out to me the most. Um, I think he just is a real calming influence on that team. I've never seen him get upset or agitated or, or frustrated. I think he's always kept a pretty level head, so that's going to be um, a massive loss for them. Um, I also think they've, they've lost Sam McMahon, who's one of the best keepers in the comp as well this year. So um, when you take out uh, your best spinner and um, your, your keeper, uh, it could be pretty tough to take wickets, but um, we'll have to see how they go. James, you ever look at a team and you wonder how they got as high as they did on the ladder? This was Western Suburbs last year. They had the third worst quotient in the competition, only only worse than uh, only better than Hawkesbury and Blacktown Mounties. But last year they developed a reputation that they could just squeeze wins out. I, I don't think they've got that ability this year. I've predicted them 11 to 15, and the only reason they don't go back further is because of teams looking like they're going to go worse than Western Suburbs. Just, yeah, like you said, squeeze out a few results, win those kind of 50-50 uh, games. I haven't really played them that much in the last couple of years. Um to be honest, so, but I, you got guys like Clarkie, Sarakis who have been around for for a long time. So that's probably where where they'll they'll hold together okay. But yeah, I don't I don't see them um, pushing much higher this year. And, and Mirzi, we know the Lord Mayor loves has a soft spot for anything to do with the Magpies, uh, but even he can't see these guys improving on last year. Well, we, we do know he is a bit delusional, but um, yeah. Uh, they'll they'll be they'll be a hard team if you're in that in that sort of bottom ten of the of the ladder you you'll get a competitive game but when the when the likes of some of those top teams come around it it yeah it's not going to look good for the Magpies unfortunately this season your your tip for the Magpies Daniel because I think you've got them quite low down following these transfers yeah I think they'll probably be bottom five. Um, probably similar to what we said UNSW before. Um, I think as as you said, you take those couple of big name bowlers out, um, it can be pretty hard to take wickets um, in this competition. So yeah, I've I've got them bottom five at the moment. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there we are. We have reached the end of the preview. All twenty teams have been had the. Well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. We've finally done it. All twenty teams have had the ruler run over them, and we are going to be set for a season start in a matter of weeks. Before we go, we're going to give the opportunity for the boys, as we did in part one, to make one outlandish prediction, something completely off the wire. It could be a team overachieving massively. It could be someone pulling out an absolutely brilliant performance, or it could be something completely humorous and stark raving mad. We do encourage that a little bit. And we hope we're going to see someone thrown under the bus here. So first off to James and then to Daniel, your outlandish prediction for this year. I'll go Jack James to bounce back from last year. He's uh, he's found love in the off-season and uh, is now engaged. So he's going to have a bit of perspective in in life. And uh, Justin Avendano as well, getting married. A few of the Bears um, finding love in the off-season. So that uh, further confirms what I think, that we'll come home with the biscuits this year. Yeah, and for me, um, I'm going to go a bit more... Uh, Back my some of our boys to to do big things this year. I think Ross Pawson and Axel Carlin will play first class cricket. So we've got Ross Pawson in particular to play first class cricket. We've got Avendano and Jack James to have big seasons off the back of finding love finally. Matt Mears, it's not the first time we've heard players pick up performances off the back of rings being established. 
Well, they're very lucky men, I'm sure, and, and very lucky ladies as well, that uh, they'll be spending half their weekends around a cricket field, but... Uh, <laughs> Are you sure that's how they want to spend most of their Saturdays? Well, they're, they're locked in now, but um, as I said, that love can do uh, funny things to people, and, and a lot of the times when they've they've got them... Well, they said now they've got to now they've got to step up and show that they they, they belong there and that that's what they need to do. Because I said you, you, your missus gets onto my cricket and starts to see that uh, the results aren't too good, then it's sort of well, what are you wasting your Saturdays for? We could be down the market, so they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to do big just to avoid that. I think. James has got a point, and the only saving grace for the Bears in, the, in that regards is at least you've got somewhere where they can actually sit, have a drink, and and some um, snacks while the while the boys are playing. Bring the uh, the greens just next door, just in case. Um, definitely looked over with a little bit of envy sometimes uh, when the days are getting a bit long. Um, but no, I think uh, I think it'll work for us. But yeah, could go south very quickly. <laughs> we can only wait and see. Well, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we have come to the end of the preview for 2021-22 New South Wales Premier Cricket. I want to thank my guests tonight here. First off, Daniel Anderson from Northern District. Best of luck for you this season. Uh, Northern District's looking very good as well. Thanks, mate. Was, uh, thanks for having us. I think we're going to have a hopefully a good year and um, can't wait to get back on the field and back to the Blue Gum as well. James Campbell, thank you very much for joining us. A great debut there, and we'll make sure we watch to see what happens if those rings stay on, um, considering uh, what we know cricket can do to relationships, and I can only speak from personal experience when it comes to that. A bit of personal experience on that one. Um, but, yeah, no, very excited for the season. Thanks for having me. Uh, can't wait to do it again. Mizzy, a pleasure as always, and you must you must shake your head and think how Roxanne puts up with me. We've been thinking that for a very long time, but um, as I said, you're much, be- much, much better half. I don't. We all don't know how she puts up with you, but we're all thankful that she does. But I can't wait for the season to begin. We're hoping, obviously, as you said, the, the different dates being put around to when the competition will start. Hopefully, it's sooner rather than later. I know I can't wait to get out there and, and call some Sunday cricket. Uh, big, big lineup on Triple H uh, this summer, as long as we can get back on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Not only for the men's, but the women's as well. We could have a few surprises coming to you. This has been Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. Of course, we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Karingai Post, the Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports. On behalf of James Campbell, Daniel Anderson and Matt Mears, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run harder, run home. Good night. Good night.